Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Now this morning I want to continue with week two of Fearless. And, and as I said, I love, the, I love the topic. It's just an awesome topic. Now, did you know that all of us, created by God, has an inherent need to be fearless? And if I say fearless, I say to live a life without fear. We have an inherent need. Why? Because it's a DNA thing that God has created us with. Fear is not from God, only faith. And there's inherent need to live a fearless life. Now, we know that we live in a world that surrounds us by fear and an environment with fear. And, and it's not easy to live in a world like that. But we need to learn how to cope and trust God to be fearless in a world like that. And, and hopefully I'll give you some pointers and tips this morning. If you're going to take this this morning, it's going to help you how to stand up fearless in a, in a, in a, in, in an environment that creates fear around us. Now, it's been proven statistically in the last five to ten years, probably more, that, that the number of people on, on antidepressants and anxiety medication has more than tripled than before. It's scary to know that the, the amount of people using antidepressants, anxiety medication, has more than tripled worldwide, not only in South Africa, not only in Stellenbosch, wherever you are, worldwide people have been using more and more medication to help them with anxiety and fear. Now, there's a statistic that says the average person's fear and anxiety is focused on the following things. If you take it out of 100%, 40% of that 100% is things that will never happen. It's proven. 30% of the 100% it's about the past things in your life that can never be changed. It already happened. Then 12% of that 100% is about criticism from others to you. And most of that criticism is untrue. But then 10% of the 100% is about your health. And the more you stress, the worse your health gets. <laughs> but then 8% of the things of the 100% of things we stress about is real problems. Only 8%. That means that 92% we stress about things that we have no control over. That's untrue. That, that has already happened. And it made me wonder. It immediately made me ask a question. Lord, why does fear still have this hold on us as a generation? As a, as a human race, why do fear have this power over us? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, I think about it quite often because I have to step through fear weekly. Fear not about this. How are we going to eat? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Is my children fine? Is my wife fine? Is my family fine? Is my car still running? Is my house still full? Is there food in the cupboard? I mean, I can go on and on and on about all these things. But see, when I, when I saw this, it made me wonder about this. Why does fear have this hold on us? Now, this is it. I realized I have probably I, I've got the answer. It's because the enemy made a play with his power, most powerful weapon, fear, and we all are falling for it. We all are falling for it. Fear is one of the greatest weapons of the enemy because that's all he has. Now let me give you some context. And, and from this context, I want to I speak about one of my favorite pieces in the Bible this morning. Now, this is a powerful scripture I want to start out with this morning. And it shows us how much Jesus actually did on the cross. That's a very well-known scripture, Matthew 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. Now, I'm reading from a New Living Translation. If you have your Bible open or your version open, go to the New Living Translation. I'm going to read out of Matthew, um, starting this morning. Matthew 28, verse 18. It says the following. Jesus came and told his disciples. This was just before Jesus ascended to heaven. Just before. He said, and he told his disciples, I have been given all authority. In heaven and on earth. All authority. All authority. The Bible didn't say some of the authority. I'm going to divide the authority between me and God. God says, I'm giving Jesus all authority. In heaven and on earth. Jesus. Given by God. Now, I've said this many times. I've said this so many times. See, when Jesus has all authority, it means that the enemy 
have no authority, nothing, nada, zero. From all authority to nothing. And we need that foundation and values stuck in our hearts. That God is all authority. The enemy has nothing. And it makes a big difference. Now, this is my question this morning. So how then can fear still rule so many lives? If Jesus has all authority, I'm serving God, I'm a son of God, I'm a child of God, I love Him, I worship Him, I read my Bible, I, I confess, I, I'm in church, I'm in community, but I still have fear in my life. Now, this is the answer. Because the only place the enemy can get some of those authority that Jesus has given us. You see, when Jesus walked out of that grave, God said, I'm now giving you all authority in heaven and earth. All authority. Now, you see, <coughs> the only place the enemy can get some of that authority is through us. It's through us. If you go to Matthew 10 verse 1 and Luke, or 10 verse 3 and Luke 9 verse 2 or 3, it says, it's, it tells a story, it's not on here, it tells a story about Jesus who sent out his disciples two by two. But before he sent them out, he says to them, he says, I give you now all authority and power to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, lepers, not the leopards, the lepers, <laughs> and then to raise the dead. It's amazing. All authority and power Jesus gave them. But when Jesus walked out of that grave, God says, now I'm giving every believer on the face of this earth the authority that my son has paid for. You see, we are created to walk in that authority as believers. We are created for that purpose. So how does the enemy then receive authority through us? How does he get to a place where he can manipulate us, oppress us with fear and anxiety, all these things in our lives? How? That's easy. By making us believe a lie. By making us believe a lie so that fear can open a door in our lives. You see, fear is a, is a spiritual weapon of the enemy. And he uses that, that weapon to oppress us as the children of God. Now, remember, I spoke to a pastor in Zimbabwe yeah, probably 10 years ago. And, and he said to me, he has got three Sangomas in his church that's been saved. They were, they, they were Sangomas and now they're saved. And they serve God. And, and he had a conversation with them. He said, listen, why does a Sangoma always look so fearful? All the hair and the bones and the, oh, and the darkness. And it's so, I mean, so scary every time you see. And I said, well, it's easy. The more fearful we can get people, the bigger the door is opening for us to oppress, to curse, to manipulate. Because fear opens the door. You see, fear is a powerful weapon of the enemy. And we as children of God fall for it so many times in our lives. That's where the enemy comes in with a lie, with fear. And whenever we, we start believing the lie that we, I, I have to fear, I can fear in this situation, I do this. Or somebody tells you when you were younger, oh, you're not good enough, oh, you're fat, oh, you thin, or oh, you this, or that. You start believing a lie in your life and you open this, the little bit of a, the door and the enemy comes in and he presses you. And then you get 20 years along the line and you don't know why you're insecure, why you're depressed, why you're struggling with fear in your life. Because you believed one lie of the enemy through someone in your life. So how? How is the good question this morning? How do we move? And this is the title of my message this morning. How do we move from fearful to fearless? From fearful to fearless. In a tough times like this, when fear runs rampant, how do we move from a place where, we, where we're struggling with fear to a place where we feel, oh, Father, man, I feel fearless. In this, in this time. Now this morning I want to look at a story that you probably have heard before. And I've, I've preached about this before. But I want to look at, at the story from a different context. And I want you to open your Bible in Judges. The book of Judges in the Old Testament. Now I'm not going to judge anyone this morning. <laughs> God has not called us to judge. But I want you to turn to Judges 6 and 7. And I want to, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you the story about Gideon. Gideon, one of the faith heroes of the Bible. Now, I'm going to touch on some of the scriptures. Now, you can go and read the scriptures, but I'm going to tell you the whole story of about two chapters of the Bible. Now, in Judges 6, it starts out 
with the Israelites being under oppression. They've been oppressed by the nation called the Midianites because Israel decided to not serve God anymore and serve Baal and build altars for Baal and worship their own children. And it's just Baal worship was ridiculously evil. And they, they shunned God and they, realized, uh, they decided, we're going to serve this God. And because they served this God, God sent in the Midianites. And the Bible says, if you go read Judges 6, verse 1 to about 10, it says that the Midianites came in um, on their camels and horses and they were like locusts, blocking out the sun, coming in. And then they plundered the Israelites. They took their wives and their children as slaves. They, they, they plundered all their harvests, their fields, their water. Con they had nothing. And then suddenly the Israelites cried out to God. Isn't that amazing? We mess up, then we cry out to God and God comes through and, and then we go, go through it all over again. But this is what happened. They cried out to God. A prophet came in and said, God has mercy on you. And then in verse 11, we met Gideon. And I'm going to read that with you. Judges 6, verse 11 to 12. It says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah. Not Oprah, Orpah, which belonged to Joas, the clan of Abizia. Gideon, son of Joas, was threshing weed at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Now the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty Euro, the Lord is with you. <laughs> See, the angel of the Lord came and he sat at, under the tree while Gideon were afraid, terrified of the Midianites not coming out, sitting in a hole, pressing weed. I mean, you're not supposed to press weed in a hole. You're supposed to press weed in the open when the wind can blow away the shaft of the, of, the, of, the, of the weed that you're pressing. So the angel said something amazing. He said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. <laughs> mighty hero. I mean, this looks like a guy who is afraid of everything. Fear is rampant, running rampant with him. So fearful that he's sitting in a hole crushing weed one little weed two little weed three i mean it's ridiculous and then what's more ridiculous is the angel calling mighty hero and some translations in the amplified says mighty man of valor and i thought am i reading the, the same bible as this angel seeing what we're seeing what we're realizing but see this is what happened god called gideon by his god-given identity not by what Gideon was facing, all the emotions, all the feelings, all the fear he was working through. God called him on his identity, on who he was as a son of God. But <laughs> look what Gideon did. I'm not going to read further. I'm gonna, we're going to continue later on. But what Gideon did immediately, he said, what? But where is this God that you're saying, call me mighty hero? Where is this God? He, he abandoned us so many years ago and he's not there. We hear of our, our ancestors speak about this mighty God who freed us from Egypt and this, this. Where is this God? Where, why are we so oppressed? Complain, 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 complain. Gideon was bitter in his heart of suffering. There was suffering. There was severe suffering of people coming and taking everything you love, everything you have to eat. And here an angel comes. He didn't know this was an angel, by the way. And the angel just said, mighty man, mighty hero, stand up. God is with you. God calls out, I mean, and he complains. But see, Gideon didn't hear in the spirit. He looked at his circumstances. Did you hear that? Gideon didn't hear in the spirit. He looked at his circumstances. You know, do you remember the scripture says we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. And Gideon was walking by sight. He was not in faith. He was not in the spirit. He was in fear. You see, he was fearful of situations he was facing. He was in this moment. He was in this thing. He was not fearless. He was fearful. Now listen in verse, six, in verse 14. What happens next? Judges 6 verse 14. It says, Then the Lord turned to him. Just pause there. Then the Lord turned to him. This is not the angel anymore. The Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. This is God. But Lord, Gideon replied, <laughs> How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I am the least 
in my entire family. Moan, complain, bitterness. Then he said, the Lord said to him, listen to this. He said, I will be with you. I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign and prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? You see, God turned to him and said, go with the strength you have, Gideon. You see, Gideon didn't know what he had. He didn't know that God gave him something in his DNA. In inherently, Gideon had strength that he didn't know about. But fear was overshadowing him, was taking over his mind, his emotions, his thoughts, everything. And God says, stand up, mighty hero. Go in the strength you have. I will be with you. You see, God said, don't let the world of fear or circumstances determine your strength and your identity. And I want to say that to you. See, so many times in our life, we let the world determine our strength, our identity, and who we are in God. But God said to Gideon, I am telling you now who you are. I am telling you now who you are. And there's so many times when we open the Bible, when we open the Word, the Holy Spirit tells us through the Word, through the promises, who we are in Him. But then Gideon said, after God came, now the Lord spoke to him. He said, go in the strength you have. I will be with you. Gideon said, but how, Lord? How can this be possible? Can, can I really do this? See, he was doubting himself. There was so much fear in his life, so much anxiety, so much things. He was doubting not only in God's ability, but in his own ability. Isn't that amazing? God says, yes, I will be with you. I will be with you. See, God says, my presence will be with you. My power will be with you. My ability will be with you. My grace, my mercy will be with you. Gideon, my protection will be with you. You only need to believe and realize that this is me speaking to you. You see, sometimes we need to believe that God is speaking to us. In the toughest of times in our lives, when we are the most fearful in life, God is still speaking. He's still there in our lives. You see, God said this and proved it. Later on in the New Testament says, we are more than conquerors. Why? Because God is with us. No matter what you're going through in your life, no matter how much you feel the emotions, the fear, the stuff in your life is trampling you down, God is still victorious. He's still in our lives. He, we are still more than conquerors through Him that died on the cross, that walked out of that grave, who gave us authority in heaven and earth as sons of God. You see, that's why we can walk in peace, no matter the storms in our lives. No matter the storms in our lives. That's why Philip, uh, um, um, Paul said in Philippians 4, said, if you're anxious, pray, trust God, trust Him. And then he said, God will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding, a godly peace, a peace that no human being in no circumstance, in no fearful moment can understand. Because God is in it. He is in it. He is in it with you every step of the way. Now after the angel appeared to Gideon and God himself spoke to Gideon, Gideon still doubted and he asked for a sign. He said, okay, it's the Lord, it's an angel. I didn't know if it's an angel. Okay, now the Lord spoke to him. That probably was verbal. God speaking to him with the angel sitting there. He still doubted. He said, okay, give me a sign. That it is still you. And then what Gideon did is he stood up. He said to an angel, stay where you are at. And he went into his tent and he made a bread and some food. And he brought it out to the angel and put it on the rock. And the angel said, yeah, put it there. And the angel with his staff touched the food and it vaporized. A flame came from heaven came from heaven and vaporized the food. And suddenly Gideon's eyes went open and said, oh my goodness, it's the angel of the Lord. I'm going to die. And he was fearful. To a next level degree. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Now, how many of us have done the exact same thing? Lord, if you make this happen, I will believe. If only this happens, if only this can happen, I will believe. Lord, if you only give me this deal this month, I will, I will believe you. I will know it's you. Lord, if you, if you only save this, my, my children... 
I will believe you. Lord, if you only help me to make this month financially, I will believe you. Does it sound familiar? We all do that. And we look down on Gideon and say, oh, Gideon, how can you do that? But in our context, we do this so much in our lives. But then the angel showed him a sign and suddenly he freaked out and feared, oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And then God said, don't be afraid, Gideon. Don't be afraid. The first time God said that to him, Gideon, don't be afraid. And then God gave him an assignment. Now I'm paraphrasing and I'm taking you through the story. God gave him, when he saw Gideon, realized this is God. God said, now Gideon, I want you to stand up and I want you to go and obliterate and destroy the altars of Baal in your family. Now listen to verse 27. Judges 6 verse 27 it says, So Gideon took ten of his servants. Now this is amazing. He had servants. That means that Gideon was not a lowly servant. He was a rich man. He was a rich man with servants working on them. And he was still threshing weed alone. It's ridiculous. He was so fearful. So insecure about himself. Now, so Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded he was obedient but he did it at night because he was afraid of the other members of the family and the people of israel what they would say now god said break down the godly altars gideon break it down but gideon said oh man i'm obedient lord yes but i'm afraid so i'm going to do it at night when nobody see <laughs> when nobody see it lord i'm going to do this because I'm afraid what the people will do to me. Now, these people were so upset, they came to his father, to Gideon's father. And they wanted to kill Gideon. And they said, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Gideon, this and that. And, and his father said, actually stood up for him, which was so amazing. Gideon's father stood up for him. But then after a whole discussion, and they said, like, okay, Gideon did this. They gave him a name. They renamed Gideon, and they gave him the name Jerob Baal. <laughs> Jerob Baal, which means Baal will defend himself. That was Gideon's name. And not because of that, Gideon became famous from the day in the nation. Oh, that's the guy, Jerob Baal, that means that Baal will defend himself against Gideon, who destroyed all his altars. And then the story stopped. And a few weeks after that, we pick it up, and the following happened. In verse 33 to 34, we're still in Judges 6. It says the following. Soon afterwards, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east form an allegiance against Israel and cross the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Now, the Midianites with, with so many um, uh, soldiers that it was like locusts covering the earth. Now they had an allegiance. They were more. They uh, aligned their forces with Amalek and with um, with the people of Amalek and, and with Midian. And, and, and they came into this valley of Jeroel and they wanted to take out Israel because they heard about this guy called Gideon. And then verse 34, and I love this, verse 34, Judges 6 verse 34. This is the powerful, most powerful scripture we'll read today. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power and then he blew the ram's horn as a call to arms and the men of the, of the clan of Bezier came to him. Gideon was, was, was filled with so much power and boldness that he started blowing the ram's horn that thousands of men came and joined him as their leader taking up arms against the enemy. I mean that's boldness right there from a guy who's scared sitting in a hole fearful not just to thresh the weed in the open i mean it's, it's ridiculous a guy who complain 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 about god speaking to him angels speaking to him god says to him, i will be with you you still complain lord give me a sign and suddenly verse 34 when the army comes and they gather god fills gideon the spirit says let's read verse 34 again says then the spirit of the lord clothed gideon with power with power might you see, the enemy joined forces, pulled up together, thousands, and then God filled him with power. And suddenly, I love that word, suddenly there was a shift in Gideon's life from fearful to fearless. From fearful to fearless. 
Now what happened? God had to show Gideon the truth. God had to show him the truth. Because he was so blinded by fear that he didn't see the truth in life. You see, when the truth is in his when the truth was in his heart, he was starting at that moment, starting to get free. As soon as the truth enters his heart, there was a freedom process that started in his life from fear to faith. Now the Bible says the truth will set you free. As soon as the truth came into his life, God says, This is who you are, Gideon. I will be with you. You're gonna defeat the Midianites. I go with the strength you have. I will be with you. I will, my presence, my power, my grace, my mercy, everything will be with you. As he started hearing the truth in his life, he started moving from fearful to fearless, to having faith in his life. But see, he still, he was still afraid. Although he started moving from fearless to fearful, there was still a bit of fear and doubt in his life. He stepped out into obedience. And as soon as he stepped out into obedience, God clothed him with power. Sometimes God says, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. There's still, sometimes still fear and doubt in our lives. But God wants us to get, like Peter, get that one foot underwater. No matter how big the waves and the storms are, get out of that boat and be obedient to God's call in your life and to what He wants you to do. To start that business, to run that thing, to make that investment, to, to whatever is in your life. As soon as we stepped over to the place of obedience, there's something about the truth of God that comes into action in our lives. God clothed him with power in that moment. There was a breakthrough moment. Now, let's go on. In that moment where God clothed him with power, he started blowing the ram's horn and he started gathering the all, all his men. 32,000 men came and joined Gideon to take up arms against the, against the three nations. 32,000 men made Gideon, Jerubal, Jerubal, they renamed him, they made him their leader. And this was just a few weeks after a guy sat in a hole and an angel appeared to him, fearful, complaining, not being in a good place. A few weeks after that, he was leading 32,000 men into battle. Now looking at the men, I think Gideon was looking at that man, and I'm continuing paraphrasing the story. Looking at that man, I think Gideon was still doubting. And he was still asking a question, Father, Lord, God, how can I lead all these men? Am I capable to do this? Have you ever felt like that? Lord, I started this business. I'm running this thing. I'm doing this. Lord, am I capable to do this? How many of us ask that question on a weekly basis? Father, is this actually possible in my life? Did you really choose me to do this? Did you really pick me, Father? How did you get me into this? <laughs> I remember when me and Salumi planted this church, I realized that I, I asked this question so many times. I said, Lord, I know I'm doing the right thing. I know you called us. I know you did this. But goodness, can we do this? Is this possible? See, it's human to, to come to a place and say, Lord, this is so big. What you've planned for me, can I actually do this? But see, after he started to look and listen to the worldly reality around him he started doubting and this is the, one of the key points i want you to write down this morning if you're listening sometimes we look at the world reality around us we look at god's plan and we start to doubt I said lord do you really want me to do this i mean reality doesn't show this but you still want me to do this now let's look at verse 36 to 37 judges 6 then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as, as you promised, prove it to me in this way. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Old Gideon. Lord, if you want to use me, if you're going to do this in my life, won't you show me another sign? Oh, please, Lord, I just want to, if you do this, then I know you're in this. After he called 32,000 men together, he blew a ram's on. God filled him with power. He came and he said, Lord, and I know you're in this, but, but Lord, if you're really in this, <laughs> will you show me a sign? And then he said, Lord, I'm going to have a, a little sheepskin. I'm going to put it on the ground. And then next, tomorrow morning, if the sheepskin is, 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 is wet with dew and, the, and the, the ground around it is dry, 
then I know it's you. And God says, okay, he's graciously, and next morning that happened. And then Gideon said, oh, thank you, Lord. But then, Lord, just one more time, if I do this again and I put the sheepskin out and the, the, the ground is wet of dew and the sheepskin is dry, then I will know it is you. And God says, okay, Gideon, God graciously did it. He showed him two signs and God gracefully, gracefully provides. Isn't that amazing of God's character towards us? It's amazing how patient he is with us when we're going through emotions and things in our lives and we struggle through this. God is graceful with us. He's graceful. He patiently endures our doubting. <laughs> he patiently endures till we catch the truth, till we step up as a, as a, as a fearful lion. But God is patient with us. He doesn't go, ah oh, man, Henny doesn't get it today. I'm going to leave him. I'll go to someone else. No, no. He's patient with me. I can remember so many times in my life where God was patient with me. And when I get it, when I step into that moment of promise, I realize, oh man, I could have been there six months ago. Why did I doubt? And then I said, Lord, Father, thank you for being patient with me. Isn't that amazing showing God's character as a father? See, when we doubt, he still waits for us to step out of it and see the truth. Sometimes we have to step out of that emotion, step out of that fearful place, step out of that moment and see the truth to become fearless. Now let's go to Judges 7. Now let's see what happens. And this is where it gets interesting. So go to Judges 7 verse 2 and 3. It said the following, verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. Whoa, 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 stop Lord. Excuse me? I mean, I'm facing an enemy with hundreds of thousands of men. And, and I've got 32,000. The God says, he starts, You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Then he says, Therefore, tell the people whoever is timid or afraid that they may leave this mountain and go home. So listen to this. So 22,000 of his 32,000 men went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. Now this is like one of those cringing moments, like, oh, I mean, as if you were a leader, come on, let's think about this. Lord, I've got 32,000. How am I going to get my 32,000 men to beat 250,000 men? And then God says, no, no, you've got too much. Tell all the men, 32,000 of them, all of them who are afraid, who are fearful to go home. Now, I would think, well, maybe a thousand will go home. 22,000, two thirds of your army, gone. I mean, as a leader, I mean, <laughs> as a leader, you come from a hole, fearful, complaining, trusting God, asking God for a sign, doubting, obedient but doubting. Come on. And then God says, okay, I want you to let go two-thirds of your men. Why? Because I don't want them to boast that they did it themselves. I want to show them that I did this. Now, Gideon's army went from 32,000 to 10,000. And then God says, but wait, 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 there's still not, 10,000 still too much. I want you to go to the stream there and I want all of them to drink water. And those who bow down and drink like a dog, I want you to let them go. But those who bow down on their knee and take their hand and drink out of their hand, keep them in your army. So only 300 men stayed behind. 300 I mean, this is, the, this, is the, this is the best 300 story. I mean, they can make movies of 300, but this was the 300 story that is the most epic of all. See, God knew Gideon. Let me just pause here. Why do you think God let 22,000 men go and left 10,000 and then go to 300? Gideon, tell the men, those who are fearful to leave. Why? Because God knew that if Gideon surrounds himself with fear, that he will not look 
at God, he will look at the problem. He would look at the problem, the challenge, the reality of that issue, and he would forget God and he would step over back into that fearful place away from being fearless. See, God had to take all the fear out of the picture so that Gideon can stand up in faith. See, God needed Gideon to lead in faith. God needs you to lead your company, to lead your business, to run your family in faith. God can't afford you to be fearful. He can't, he can't afford us to be fearful and trust Him at the same time. He wants us to be in a place of faith. Now, so many times we have faith. Yes. And we know the truth. Yes. And we know that we are sons of God. Yes. <laughs> but we surround ourselves with fearful people. We surround ourselves with fearful people. And when we surround ourselves with doubt and with fear, guess what? It's going to have an impact on us. It's going to have an impact on us not stepping out as warriors, as mighty men, as men of valor, as, as women of courage. You see, it's like a little few drops of poison in a water container. It has a tremendous effect. It can kill you. And it's the same with fear in the environment of faith. Whenever there is fear, it will touch the environment of faith to such a degree that you will struggle in faith. So what do we do? We surround ourselves with men of faith, with women of faith. We encourage ourselves. Remember last week? We can't do it on ourselves, on, on, on our own. We need to surround ourselves with people who can encourage us, bring us the truth, speak truth to us, give us word, prophesy over us, pray for us. We can't do this alone. And when you're alone and there's nobody around you, make sure to get some people around you. Call people. Tell them, can you come and pray for me? Can you come? Can I come and have coffee with you? I need some encouragement in my life. And I am intentional with that. I call pastors, friends from all over this, this nation. I call them on a weekly and monthly basis and just speak to them. Just encourage me. How are you doing? Can I pray for you? Why? Because I'm intentional of getting faith around me when I'm fearful. So God said, you still have many men, Gideon. I'm going to take you to 300. Oh, Lord, why? <laughs> because I want people to see that I gave the victory, not them. So God sifted it to 300. An amazing thing is, and this is the amazing thing. When Gideon went from 32,000 to 300, there was not one moment of complaining. Not one. A guy who complained when God said to him, mighty hero, man of faith, stand up, you will save Israel. From oh God, I can't, I'm too weak, I'm the weakest of my family, I'm this, I'm that. Can you give me a sign? Then God comes. You see the shift? You see the shift from fearful to fearless? Shift when the truth comes more and more in his life. Yes, he was moving from, fearless to from fearful to fearless, but there was still a little bit of doubt. There was, Lord, give me a sign. Suddenly, there was a shift. Suddenly, there was a place where he said, Father, I trust you. I, I will do it with 300 men. No complaining. Nothing. No complaining. Now, here we start to see how God can shift his perspective or our perspective from fear, fearful to fearless. Fearful to fearless. So, what can we learn from Gideon's journey? I said a lot this morning. and I want to end this morning with three points. Three things. If you're going to write it down, write it down. But I'm going to give you three points I want to finish today. And, and I hope this drops in your heart this morning. Number one. What helped Gideon move from fearful to fearless? Number one is God's presence never leaves us no matter if we are dealing with fearful emotions during a challenging time. God's presence never leaves us. No matter what you're facing this morning. Yesterday, last week, next week, next month. No matter what you face, God's presence is there all the time, constantly. So when we are in the moments of fighting this fear, this turmoil, this challenge, this pressure, God never leaves us. He never. I love the scripture in Hebrews 13. It's not on here. Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 6. It actually speaks about money, but, but there's one point that says, My God, I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter how tough your, 
your circumstances is, no matter how tough things you face, I will never, ever leave you. The, the Amplified says, actually amazing, it says, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless or leave you without support. I will not leave you. That means that His presence never leaves us. Never. You see, our emotions can run away with us. Our, our challenges can come away. I mean, the fearfulness that you feel in that moment of not getting a salary or whatever you face or your children is in danger, whatever you... That moment you fear, I mean, when you focus on emotions, you forget the truth sometimes. And even in that moment, God's presence are tangible with us. We just don't realize that. See, we need to learn not to look for the feelings or the emotions to know that God is with us. But we need to know. We need to know that He is there every moment of your life. Every moment. No matter what you face. And that's what Gideon didn't realize. Gideon didn't realize that God was with him every moment, every step. Till he realized it, the truth set him free. And he saw God do a mighty miracle. Victory. 300 men over hundreds of thousands of men. And they didn't even lift the sword. Number two. Number two. Second thing. Walking in Holy Spirit power is a game changer. Walking in Holy Spirit power is a game changer in our life. You see, God's power in our lives is the game changer. It takes us from fearful to fearless. And it's exactly what happened to Gideon. Verse 34, it says, The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. That was Holy Spirit power. I know the Holy Spirit was not on earth that moment till Jesus died, but I believe in that moment God gave him Holy Spirit power, Spirit empowered. He stood up, he blew that horn, he gathered 32,000 men. It was just something amazing. It was not typical of a man sitting in a hole. No, there was something different. See, Holy Spirit power, when we walk in the Spirit, it is a game changer in every circumstance. You can walk into a meeting not knowing what to say, don't know what to do, ask God for wisdom. God can clothe you with His power and with Spirit power and you will have wisdom. You will get to points where nobody thought, how did you get to that? You see, it's Spirit power and I know there's so many testimonies about that. See, there was a shift in how Gideon operated. There was a suddenly, there was a sudden shift. Suddenly, something shifted in his life. Now, yes, there was still doubt, but something shifted. Something shifted in his life. You see, no matter if you are in faith, you're obedient, and you still have doubt, don't worry. Just go ahead. Just trust God. Just step up, and the Holy Spirit will empower you to do mighty things in your life. You see, no matter what we face in our life, God's power is always there. We need it. We need God's power. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we need to be clothed and filled with the Holy Spirit all of the time. All of the time. That brings me to my last point. Number three. Before I get to number three, let me re read this quickly. Last bit in Judges 7. You see, God said to Gideon, In case you still are still a bit fearful, now this is after he reduced his men to 300 before the battle. God said, Gideon, man, I'm, I'm hearing you're not complaining, but if you are maybe still a bit fearful, let me show you something. Let's go to verse 9, Judges 7, verse 9 and 10. It says, That night the Lord said, Get up, go into the Midian camp, Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, Go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying. And you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So just pause there. Verse 9 and 10. God said to Gideon. Gideon, I want you to go down to the camp in the middle of the night. You and your, your servant. And just you two. Into a camp with hundreds of thousands of men. Go into the camp and listen to what they say. So Gideon, is, he said, if you're still afraid, I want to show you something. He went down there, he sat at a tent, and he listened to men in a tent speaking. And one guy said, man, I had a dream about this guy called Gideon coming with an army, massive army, and they're going to take us out. And I could see how the blood flowed in the streets. 
because of this one man, Gideon, and his army, God is with them. And in that moment, listen to verse 15. Gideon just listened to them. He said, When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. <laughs> then the Lord returned. Then he returned to Israel to the Israel camp and shouted, Get up! For the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. Isn't that amazing? I love that moment. See, that night Gideon and his 300 men defeated Three, 300 men defeated thousands of men without lifting a sword. They killed each other. Go and read the story. Number three, my third point. Gideon went from complaining to worshipping. He went from to complaining to worshipping. You see, what is your first reaction when you hit a challenge head on? What is your first reaction? Is it to complain or to worship? See, this is a very important point I'm making this morning. I, why? Because I failed in this so many times. So many times. When I ran into a, a dire straight moment, things are tough, things are... What do we do? We complain. Oh, no, Lord, why me? Why now? I don't need this now, Father. I don't need this, Lord. You see, Gideon went from a guy who complains, 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 to suddenly when he heard, he worshipped. He could have said, Lord, do I now need to believe you because one guy dreamt a dream and inter interpreted something? Do I now need to believe that 300 men will, will defeat thousands of men? No, no. He didn't complain. He just worshipped God. He said, Father, I, I thank you for giving me the victory. See, this tough point, this is a tough point because we are emotional beings. <laughs> and we react according to emotions. It's normal. But I want you to look how God coached Gideon. He went from fearful to seeing the truth, but still doubting. Yes. But then Gideon went from knowing the truth to believing the truth more than the circumstances he faced. Do you get that? See, so he went from knowing the truth to believing the truth about the circumstances he was facing. And then there was breakthrough in his heart. And then he went from fearful to fearless without complaining. God could do whatever he wanted. He was believing in God's sovereignty. That's why Paul said, you remember Philippians 4? You will have peace that surpasses all understanding. When you get to that point, no matter what you face in your life, it can be the toughest thing ever. There's just peace in your heart. We've been through situations in our lives where people came up to us like, how can you be this peaceful in moments and tough things like you're facing at the moment. And every time it's like, well, God is in it. We made a decision to make God part of this solution. Not to try and make a solution ourselves, but to bring God's spirit into this picture and God be the solution, not us. See, then you get to a place where, where, where peace comes into your life that surpasses all understanding. Now, we are not denying the circumstances, but we're believing the truth more. We're believing the truth more. I want to encourage you this morning as I close. There's so many of us with circumstances in our lives. All of us are facing a COVID circumstance in our lives. So many people around us are sick. So many people are dying. There's so many things that, that we are facing circumstances in our lives, which is the truth. But... The truth of God, the reality of His promises and His word supersedes every truth on earth. Every truth on earth. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. That means that no matter what happens on earth, Jesus has already conquered everything in life that we are, are going to have to face. And there's so many scriptures surrounding that that I'm thinking of now, but I'm not going to go any further. I want to leave you with this point this morning. That He is capable. We might feel incapable, but He is capable. If you're fighting depression at the moment, if you're fighting anxiety at the moment, if you are sick with COVID or whatever sick, and you feel drained, emotionally drained, you don't see the truth, you don't feel the truth, you don't, God is still with you. His presence are with you. And I'm going to trust God and pray with you right now that, you, that He clothe you with His presence this morning and that you will come from a place of not having one moment of complaining, but worshipping Him. 
worshipping Him. And in that moment of worship, that there will be breakthrough from going from knowing to believing. Knowing to believing. Are you ready for that? Can I pray with you this morning? And I pray that God can take you from fearful to fearless by not knowing, but believing in a God who is greater and bigger than anything we face in this life. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for everyone watching with us this morning. I thank you for people who's watching it, um, the, the, the post live stream at the moment. And I pray, Father, that, that you would show them the reality in your word, that they would not just know your truth, but they will walk over in and, and believe your truth, Father. And that the truth will set them free, Father. I thank you, Lord, that they will not surround themselves with fear, but they will surround themselves with faith and with saints and, and community that will encourage them, that will stir them, will prophesy over them. Father, that we will not face anything in our lives alone, but we will stand with others. Father, I thank you this, this morning that, that we know that you are greater than any challenge, any fear, anything, anything in this life. You have already got the victory over that. And we stand in your shadow. We stand under your wing this morning, Father, knowing that you protect us, that your presence is with us. Father, that we are worshipping the King of all kings. And Father, I pray this morning that there will be a shift and a breakthrough from emotions and fearful to a place of faith and fearless. Now, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.